Hey all, just wanted to jump in at the beginning of the episode here and say that we're going to be running a bit of an experiment with Spotlight in that we're going to go weekly for the remaining days of the summer. So at least until the end of August, every Tuesday, you should get an episode barring any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, but this is an exciting step and we've gotten a lot of interviews and cool, cool people on the show and that I can't wait for you to hear. So without further ado, here is Civil War. Welcome to this edition of Spotlight. I'll be your host, Rogan. If this is your first time checking out Spotlight, this is an offshoot of the Prognotes podcast, where we chat with some incredible artists and musicians in the progressive rock scene. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you to all of the Prognotes patrons for helping these episodes happen. Check out what the benefits are of becoming a patron at patreon.com prognotes. Today we have Kelly Sundown Carpenter from Civil War here to talk about their latest album, Invaders. So let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, I started off mainly in uh, very progressive uh, music. I replaced uh, Yorn Land um, on my first album uh, with a band called Beyond Twilight. And uh, since then I've done a whole bunch of uh, different projects with other people. Uh, like uh, Gus G from Firewind and uh, did a lot of touring with him. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, mostly I've been into very uh, dark kind of progressive music. And now I'm getting back to the straight ahead metal kind of thing with this new album with the uh, guys in uh, Civil War. Nice. Awesome. So what sparked... Uh like your sort of fascination with American history, like as a band, like what brought you to express that through music, do you think? Well, it was something that they had been doing before I joined the band, and I really didn't have a lot of interest in historical things. Uh, I was more into interview, uh, inner universe things, uh, emotional things, uh, tortured soul uh, type of uh, subjects uh, about the uh, personal uh, trials, things like that. And then I got into this band and they had been doing uh, some historical stuff and a few things about books and things like that. And so what I wanted to do with this album is to turn that uh, sort of uh, historical material into something that was a little bit more uh, personal uh, to the listener, kind of pull them into those stories instead of just, you know, uh, uh, recite dates at them and and read out of uh, textbooks or, or historical books or something like that. So uh, that's kind of uh, what uh, we did with this new album. Just to make it a little bit more personal, a little bit more uh, putting the listener into the story. Yeah. Do you know what originally brought them to that? Because I know like they uh, most of them were from Sabaton, which very much like it was sort of similar themes, but more European based. But like what brought narrowed them in on the sort of American history aspect of it? 
I'm not sure. I guess it was kind of a second nature thing that they had already been doing very historical things and they found it really interesting. And so that was just kind of like a, a little offshoot for them to uh, to go uh, kind of a different avenue and, uh, you know, talk about U.S. American history. Uh, so uh, but but for me, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, it's my first, uh, uh, you know, album with a band. And so I don't really know exactly, you know, mm-hmm. what got them into it. So I can't really speak for them. Yes. So. What is it like joining a band that's like centered around like such a specific theme? Did you like have to really do your homework to settle into like the American history concept or was this like already sort of within your wheelhouse? Like, I guess you already like touched on like it, it, it's yeah, kind I kinda of answered that, of what but, you've uh, done, but yeah, but for me, what I, what I tried to do because I didn't really, I wasn't really a, an aficionado on, of, of history and I wasn't super uh, focused on any of that at all. And so what I tried to do to make it uh, uh, interesting for myself is to try to pull those human stories out of uh, those larger historical events and kind of do what I what I was talking about, just kind of make it more personal for people. You still probably had to look up like a lot of the sort of stories and, and history and stuff and then try and pull out like that human element or like what you were saying there from that. Like, did you... Uh go down like any specific rabbit holes did you know kind of what you were looking for uh in in terms of the lyrical content that you were trying to pull from or did you just like sort of try and find these recognizable events and then pull something uh, from well it? the guys kind of suggested uh, uh doing a uh, a song about andersonville uh prison it was a civil war uh uh prison uh civil war era prison where uh it was kind of a, a confederate prison where where uh, union soldiers were held and what I did is I looked up uh, a lot of uh, basically the basic historical facts, but then I looked up um, uh, and I found letters that uh, soldiers had written home to their wives, and I found that really compelling because uh, they they wrote so eloquently and uh, with so much uh, strength and determination, and and it was just, it, just listening to the words that they used, uh, which were very poetic. I was very moved by that. So I kind of brought in all the most tragic elements of that story of running to the deadline, which was a small fence within the prison. And if you touch that fence, then the rebel soldiers would shoot you immediately. Mm-hmm. And so this guy is, you know, he's writing home to his wife. At first, he's very hopeful. But then now they're starving to death. They're in the freezing cold. Uh, the only shelter they have, or maybe if they're, they put their clothes on sticks, maybe they can get out of the rain. It was horrendous you know and then uh he's hopeful and then at the at the uh, second half of the song he says you know i'll never see you again i'm gonna run to the deadline because i'm done so uh that one was very touching for me and that's kind of way i found my way into this history stuff because other than that otherwise i'm not i wasn't that interested and um, and then we also have a Native American thing, uh, a Native American theme kind of running through the album a bit. And that that's a culture that I really appreciate. So uh, I I was really happy to to uh, uh, research and, and think about them, uh, about their simple, simple kind of poetic way that they see life and and uh, maybe kind of put that some of that energy out there. In such a te- technologically overstimulated world, maybe people could uh, just get a little seed of that inside of themselves and think about slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, those, like, finding personal letters and stuff like that, it certainly gives you, like, a, a more a more personalized touch to, like, it, other up, other people's, like, very personal sense of that history, like, what's going on in there. Like, I know, like, I, I like looking into a lot of, like, the oral culture, like, oral traditions surrounding history. So, and it, because it yeah. sort of gives you that different perspective of, like, people that were, like, sort of, like, more highly literate or like they're they're touching from it from like a very historian perspective where like you just have like the everyday folk that is writing a letter to his family and it's it's that different side of those those yeah what was really striking is that you know these uh these civil war soldiers these guys these uh that that were prisoners at the at the uh andersonville that they spoke so eloquently and these guys are just average joes you know and uh, I mean, they were just. Uh, I guess it was. It was almost alarming <laughs> the, the 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 literacy that they had back then compared to what what the average guy might have now. You know, the different standards of uh, education back then. You know, really different. Yeah. So, um, how did you decide on like what moments to like touch on? Like, especially like when when you were like invaders the song invaders tells like a very specific native american battle like how did you come to to that specifically well i was looking for um because you know we know you know in history and we know the outcome that you know that they that the native americans or the indigenous people of uh, north america they didn't they didn't prevail i wanted uh, to find the most uh the most overwhelming victory uh, for their side. I wanted that to be, uh, you know, give them uh, a little glory. And also the fact that they united to to make that happen. I thought that that was really a, a really incredible thing that happened. I mean, it literally just slaughtered the U.S. Army uh, and that the Battle of the Wabash. So I, I thought that that would be uh, fun to talk about instead of, trail of tears and 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 losing and and being you know eradicated from their own land and all that i wanted that glory that gloryful moment where they they absolutely just destroyed the enemy rightfully so as well yeah so it's very very much justified you know <laughs> yeah and that gives like a cool touch to because like a, a lot of the times the perspective is like uh, uh like from american perspective and like taking that like it it this is the the solid victory moment and like we've we've showed yeah. our strength and stuff and then like sort of twisting that from the other other perspective and like showing the wrongs that happened to to like all of the wrongs that happened to to the native americans but then also like that they like came together and rose and yeah give them and, some glory yeah that's yeah. what i liked i like to twist things around a little bit and that's kind of what the album is about. It's about the uh, oppressors and the oppressed and about how people stand up for themselves uh, to protect their loved ones and and uh, and to save their way of life, you know, from people that are, you know, getting on ships and and uh, you know, going to foreign lands and taking everything that they have. And it's crazy, you know, that, that anyone even does this. But um, I think the glory and, and the bravery of people who actually stand up uh, I think that's important. You know, it's a really important uh, thing to highlight. For sure. So, 
kind of touching on that, we were talking about uh, the people that are, are going and, and and like taking from these lands. Uh, very specific song. Like, uh, do you have like an idea of a topic before the instrumental portions are like even written, or does it like all come together with the lyrics? Because I was noticing that there were some like very Irish musical elements in the music on Dead Man's Glory. So I'm curious, like, what came out first? Like, did you hear the instrumental portion and think, oh, that sounds very Irish, I'm going to take from an experience there? Or did was there, like, an overarching idea of what was going to happen first before the music was written? Yeah, uh, as a singer and a melodist, I, I, I'm always uh, inspired by music. So you, you, you give me a riff or you give me this or that or you give me a little idea, a little piece of a melody that, that, that I can grow or whatever and i'm normally uh, more inspired by the music that really paints the picture for me and so then i'll i'll come in with a melody uh you know and uh and then i'll write the lyrics from there so it's always music then uh a melody and then the lyrics will come after that so uh, because i always thought it was really important for lyrical content to come from somewhere uh something that's already established so it can expand on that idea. So with Dead Man's Glory, it was a very much of a Celtic reel kind of uh, little riff. And, and so that inspired me to look into like, hey, well, did the Vikings ever invade Ireland? And I was I found it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was funny because I'm, I'm mostly Irish and the guys are Swedish. They're all the you know, all the guys in the band are, uh, you know, they're Vikings. So <laughs> it's a kind of a little Easter egg, kind of a little little tongue in cheek there. So yeah. these next two questions might be sort of, you might have to take more from like the band's perspective. Uh, I guess the first one, like what was it like sort of going into this album as a group, having like replaced two sort of front and center members? Like uh, Thobe uh, England is also like ex-Sabaton. So I guess there was like some famili- familiarity there. But does it feel mm-hmm. like, did it feel like sort of starting over at all, going through like such frequent lineup changes for them? Or like maybe it just like keeps something fresh, like bring something new to the table? Um, well, with Toby, he came in and kind of uh, at the 11th hour on the album and he did uh, really just, uh, he did some solos, some really nice solos. And he did the spoken word part in the uh, Invaders, the single Invaders. And uh, when he came in, uh, most of everything was already written. But uh, basically, uh, what was nice about joining the band was is that everything kind of was very organic. We just got in there and we threw around our ideas and we threw all our ideas uh, up against the wall to see, you know, what sticks. And uh, it was very, very natural process. So I don't think there was any real trepidation or anything about going into doing something for me. Like I said, uh, you know, from the beginning of my career, I replaced, you know, one of the maybe one of the biggest singers, the modern day singers of, uh, you know, of the metal rock genre, Jorn Lund. And so I learned how to be myself because uh, you cannot uh, please everyone and you just have to put it out there and do your own thing and let the chips fall where they may. You just do, you do your thing. You put your head down, you do the best job you can, and you just do it. And that's what I did when I came into this band. And what was a very happy uh, situation uh, for all of us is that we were all very open to each other's ideas. 
So uh, we had a good time writing the stuff. Mm-hmm. So touching sort of on that, uh, I, like earlier this year, I spoke to Tommy Karavik about his his like joining Camelot, uh, and so from his perspective, like he the, replacing Roy Khan, who was like that very established singer for them, he he like very much went back and sort of researched past albums and how Roy Khan did that, but then brought his own twist to it, so that. It, it, like, is that sort of your perspective going into that, or do you very much go like, I'm going to do my own thing? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing. Okay. All right. You can't be, yeah, if you can't be yourself, you can't be anybody else. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to come in and, and, uh, try to change the sound of the band or, or whatever. That, that was not my intention either, but I definitely w- would not emulate or imitate anybody else to, to uh, you know, to get to gain some acceptance uh, by anyone, because I would be betraying myself. I didn't get into music to be, you know, uh, anyone's bitch. Let's say, yeah. I just wanted to do my own thing. That's what I like about music: is freedom. So, last question I have for you here: uh, the song Custer's Last Stand uh, has been like re-recorded for this album as a bonus track for its 10th anniversary. Uh, and it was originally released on the the self-titled EP. So uh, why did the band sort of choose this track over another from that EP? And how did they approach this recording compared to the original, do you think? Um, as far as the approach, I'm not sure. But uh, I know that they love the song and uh, and they said, hey, you know, let's, you know, we're thinking about, re, you know, redoing this one and... Uh, and uh, from my perspective, I thought, well, you know, it's a cool song. It's a cool subject. I like it. And also um, uh, that it, uh, you know, it kind of fits with that Native American uh, thread that runs through the album. So it, it kind of was a perfect little, you know, uh, little addition as a bonus track. And it was the 10th, 10th anniversary. So it kind of all the little stars aligned for, for that to be included and yeah, and I th- I think they just really liked that song, and they didn't think uh, they didn't think it got enough uh, exposure. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to hit that one again. Yeah. Do you know if they were considering any other ones, or was it like straight in line, like we're gonna do this one? Uh, that's the only one that was suggested. Yeah, that that, right. that I know of. Yeah. Well, well, sweet. It was like yeah. I, I I know like I I like. like that track was awesome and it like very much yeah like you were saying it fits within the the sort of themes that were already presented in the album so it's sort of a perfect fit in there especially in the a decade old yeah yeah it wasn't like something we had to kind of jam in there just kind of fell into place and and it makes sense yeah all right well it's been fantastic talking to you kelly uh i hope we can chat with you again on the next release (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been awesome seeing your perspective, especially as like it's it's always sort of weird as a new member of the band. Like, uh, it, it's interesting seeing your perspective coming into to this uh, this project. Yeah, I've been the new guy a few times, so uh, yes, you kind of learn your how to experience relax. being the the new guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta relax. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. where can people? find you and and the band on like socials and your music and stuff uh yeah we're uh i think uh it's civil war the band on on facebook and i think it's civil war band on um uh, on insta and we have a uh, civil war 
se, which is our main site. And uh, you can find me on Kelly Sundown on uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, we're out there. We're going to be hitting um, Masters of Rock um, in about a week from now, I think. Uh, finally, we're going to be playing live after like two and a half years of, of nothing uh, after this pandemic. So we're excited. It's uh, that, that festival has uh, Judas Priest and Nightwish and Black Label and all these great bands. So we're excited to do that. So we hope that's to see cool. people out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool lineup there. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, definitely check these guys out. We would like to thank you so much for listening to this edition of Spotlight. If you enjoyed the episode or learned something new, please subscribe. If you'd like to hear more interviews and get more prog rock content, you can become a special Prognotes patron at patreon.com slash prognotes. Join that if you want to ask some of your favorite artists' questions to be featured in the episode. Also, come join our Discord community to chat with like-minded folk and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a new prog cover song out, so check that out on our YouTube along with everything else through the link in the description. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. The next spotlight will be up on August 2nd, and as I mentioned at the beginning, we will be going weekly for the rest of the summer at least. Destin and Drew will be back with another episode on the Prognotes feed on August 15th. See you on Discord. Thanks. Thanks.